their secret mountain lair somewhere in Colorado. This is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Jason O'Dell and Rick Walker. Hey everyone, I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And this is the Image Doctors Photography Podcast. Good to be back with you guys this week. Um, hope all our listeners are having an enjoyable run-up to the holidays. Um, how are you doing, Rick? I'm doing well. Being nice and relaxed. Got through all of the... the... It's sad to see my family disappear, but it's a lot less hectic in the house now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's been pretty good. So round one of holidays is through and round two is coming up but this will be this will be good so um we uh have some stuff planned for today because uh before we get into our main topic which is sort of an extension of stuff we talked about last week uh you just got the new 28 millimeter was it f28 z lens Mm -hmm. a little pancake lens or quasi pancake lens yeah, it's not really a pancake, but but it's small. It's smaller than the others, yeah. And this is the only 28 millimeter native Z lens in the moment. So for people who like that focal length, it could be kind of interesting. It's certainly not expensive. That's a that's a good thing. What do you think about it so far? I know you just had a few days to to mess with it yeah uh, it it seems pretty good the one i ended up with was the special edition one mm -hmm. which frankly i don't care about (laughs) right but um it's the one that looks like an older ais lens so it was intended to really go with the zfc camera Mm -hmm. Um, but it works on everything you know it's it's a full frame lens it's not an aps-c lens and, you know, it's, I guess my thoughts on it, um, bottom line, I think it's a good lens. Um, it just comes down to what do you need? What do you want? What do you intend to use it on? Mm-hmm. Um, if well, you use it on a, a ZFC or a Z50 camera, it gives you the equivalent of just a little bit over 40 millimeters, which is, I think, a very nice focal length. It's pretty mm-hmm. handy. Um, it can be used for a lot of situations. When you really want to go light, it's an absolutely wonderful focal length because it is pretty versatile. And it's um, fast, right? So, I mean, it's fast enough, 2.8. It's it's fast enough. It's not, you know, uber fast, but um, it's reasonable. Um, it focuses quickly. There's no problem with that. Um, and then what I found in terms of optical performance um, it it falls in the very good category. It's not the best prime I've ever used. The way I would describe it is it's more like, in terms of results, of an excellent zoom lens, you know, especially when you get out of uh, the, the central part of the frame. So it's it's not perfect by any means, but it's more than good enough. I don't have any hesitations about using it, including wide open. It, Mm-hmm. holds up remarkably well wide open. You see a little bit of a sh- drop off in sharpness, nothing big. And I think it, you know, the way I view it is it's one that I would really use with the ZFC or the Z50 more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a 
you know, like you, I'm not a huge fan of the 28 millimeter focal length uh-huh. on a full frame body. I can certainly shoot with it, make it work, but it always ends up feeling either a little bit too wide or not wide enough. It's just that awkward in between zone for me, but that's very particular to me. Right. That's a and personal preference. Yeah. It's always been that way, you know, since I was 15, I guess, mm-hmm. <laughs> or so, but. It, it that it is my personal preference, um, and it's so not image stabilized. No. Okay. No. So just a side note: if you're using it on a ZFC or a Z50, you won't you're not have, have any stabilization. That's no, okay it, for that kind of a lens. Yeah. Fast it would be nice if the body had an IBIS system. That would be perfect. But it's okay. It's not the end of the world by any means, and it is very nice and light. Um, in terms of other things on it, I did get a chance to try it in, in the infrared band. It didn't work well at all. Oh, that's you a know, bummer. I was kind of hoping it might. Uh, yeah. Because that would have been an interesting alternative. I know you had some thoughts about that as well. But, yeah, it's a it's a poor infrared lens. So you get don't even very, think about it. <laughs> nah, don't. You'll, you'll get very obvious bad hot spotting. Of all types. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, Rick. I mean, I'm just going to stop yeah. for a second. I mean, infrared aside, mm-hmm. um, the are you, you know when you talk about this is a very good lens. Maybe our standards are different. I mean, consider oh God, this. Yeah. A, I mean, you know, so to our listeners at home, just understand that when we say this isn't as good as maybe some of the other Z lenses, we're talking that some of the other Z lenses are just outstanding incredible this is probably still better wouldn't you say than most of the stuff you had in f mount that were comparable. absolutely right? you know right absolutely. so i mean we're talking about a very good lens that's in the 300 dollars range right i don't remember exactly mm-hmm. what it what that's it's about right you know so i mean come on this is uh you know so so when you're nit nitpicking against you know is are you going to use this for the finest sharpest you know edge to edge well no but maybe it doesn't matter because it's still going to be so good <laughs> it'll be better than stuff you used to use just and that's to, what to i be saying. really yeah but just to be clear i would not describe it that way the way i would describe it is this is a very good lens mm-hmm. it is it is not quite as good as, for example, the 518 Z lens. Sure. Or the 24, just slightly not as good. It's still very, very good. And I think most people would be very pleased with it. And especially compared to older F mount lenses or any prior brand um, DSLR lenses, extremely good. The bar has changed. It's right. risen up, right? I think that's the piece and to keep every in mind. brand is putting out phenomenally good lenses now for their mirrorless cameras. So that's what I'm comparing them to is yes, mirrorless lenses that you would contemplate and not the ones from the past. Right. And 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 then certainly you factor in its price tag. It's it's a small, compact. You know, and some people like 28 millimeters. And if that's what you want to walk around, and then, you know, I was just looking at Nikon's uh, website, you know, they call it a snap shooter lens. And you know what? That's what it is. It's great for that. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of walk around and you're going to get a similar angle of view on a full frame body to what you might get with a phone. 
Um, mm -hmm. Only you're going to get far better depth of field control and you know things like that. So it's it's not um, it's not a focal length that you or I have ever gravitated towards. But there's a lot of people who do like 28, you mm -hmm. know, and very and, much uh, so. And so it's a it's a thing now. It'll be interesting to see if Nikon comes out with a, a faster, you know, more S line, you know, top end version for that. But who knows? But in the meantime, um, it sounds like you're pretty happy with this lens. Will I think? Yeah, I would think so. Too. And give it time. It's just a matter of time yeah. for all those things. So, well, that's that's cool. I mean, it, it's good. It's a bummer about the infrared performance. You know, that's a topic for yeah. a different day. But, uh, you know. That was uh, really the only disappointment, honestly. Everything else was at least as good as what I was hoping for. And I had realistic expectations, mm -hmm. you know, that's given good. the price. That's good. Well, let's move on then and talk about the meat of today's episode, which yeah. is... Um, Custom camera controls. Now, last week we talked about ergonomics, um, and one of the things we kind of alluded to was customizable buttons, customizable menus, things. These are things that you might not notice um, right off the bat uh, when you look at a camera. Um, you know, one thing we see in cameras as you go from sort of the lower end line to the upper end line was the tendency of the higher end models to have more dedicated or even configurable buttons so that you can access certain features immediately without having to dig into software menus. And I think that's very important to consider uh, ergonomically speaking, right? Right. And part of our motivation for doing this podcast is that this is an incredibly common topic for people who are moving into mirrorless cameras for the first time in particular. Lots of people, you know, put out requests for, hey, how do I set up my camera? Mm -hmm. What are things that I should put on a, my menu or an iMenu or a quick menu or, you know, all of those things? What are the ones that are handy to have that really can improve um, the shooting experience and how quickly you are able to change the camera for a new uh, photo that presents itself? So yeah, that's, and that's what, I, motivation. what I would say is, number one, you know, there's a tremendous number of ways to customize most uh, mirrorless cameras these days, some some more so than others. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of these customizations will come down to stuff that you find yourself wanting to use more frequently in certain settings. So what we will have in our examples are things that we may tinker with. There's certain things where I might change a button depending on the use case, right? I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's times where you do that because you only have so many so many buttons to, to configure. Um, but what I really like about the mirrorless experience, part of this experience, is the degree of customization that you can do to really tailor these cameras settings to, you know, we're talking about beyond exposure settings to things that make it easier and convenient for you to use personally. So a lot of this stuff is going to be personal preference. So we want to make our listeners, we want to make you aware of some of the things that you can change. And some of it will depend on the camera that you have. Um, and just the kind of some of the ways we've set ours up uh, to use. And to be clear, um, we're trying to do this not from the perspective perspective of a particular camera or a camera brand but more generic mm -hmm. and and i think it is we'll we'll mention when it isn't 
and, and a little bit about why. But um, for the most part, we'll just kind of go through these things, and some will get a little bit more attention than others. Some are, are kind of obvious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so let's start with the first, the, the first sort of type of things you can customize, which are many cameras include one or more or sometimes three dedicated customizable sometimes called function buttons on nikon it's fn1 fn2 i think the c9 might have a third one possibly these are buttons that are designed to to give you quick access to a particular function either through a button press or a combination of a button press and front or rear dial uh turn right i mean mm -hmm. these are these are the things, and 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 and, and for example, you'll find even more than three. You'll find five or six. You know, it right. just depends on the camera. Right. So these are ones that are intended to be customized. So right. they'll come with a. They will come with a function pre-programmed in there. But these are things mm -hmm. that you can easily change. They're designed to be changed. And in most cases, the way you change the, any of these settings is in the custom control. You have to go into the menus, find the mm -hmm. custom controls, and then you'll have your, your list. And not every button can be configured with every function. So, you know, we'll talk about some of the ones that we use. Um, one that I use, and I think you do too, just by, and this is the default for the Nikons, is the AF mode and pattern selection. Mm -hmm. So you can press a button, and if I turn the rear dial, it changes me between continuous or single drive autofocus, turn the front dial, and I'm changing between single point or dynamic or group area or whatever it is. This is something that I always want to be able to do with my eye at the viewfinder. I don't want to have to change focusing modes through a menu. Uh, it's a, yeah, you know. and that's and that's a common one, and that's one that is um repeatable on just about every brand i can think of you know so that, that's one that's pretty universal but other things um are, are well, the things next one on the list that we yeah. had is pretty universal too which is having a button configured so that when you're using the electronic viewfinder or the back one and are shooting you can zoom to 100 percent and right. check focus manually tweak the focus that, that is extremely handy to, to be able to do. And, and that's something that your DSLR just won't do unless you're using live view. So this is a great thing in the viewfinder. Just hit that button, zoom in. I'll use it uh, to check focus, but I'll also use it like when I'm shooting wildlife to say, what is that over there? And just zoom in and get right. a better view of whatever it is I'm looking at. Uh, now with some cameras, there is an option where if you, go to manual focus mode and start turning the focus ring, it mm -hmm. instantly zooms. And that seems good, and it seems like you would avoid having to set up a button for it. But the experience I've had with that is you often inadvertently trigger that, and you try to frame your shot quickly, and it's zoomed all the way in oh. inadvertently. And so I, I would be careful with that one. I, right. I would use a button if you can. Right. Now, let's just list off a few of the other things that you might mm -hmm. consider customizing those buttons to. One is uh, one that I've used in the past, depending on the situation, is using it to quickly toggle uh, crop modes in my camera between full mm -hmm. frame or the you know, APS-C framing. And again, with mirrorless cameras, it's wonderful because your viewfinder zooms into that, you know, you don't get that tunnel vision thing. 
And sure. uh, when shooting wildlife, sometimes I want to shoot in crop mode, just put more, you know, just be zoomed in on my subject. So I'm not cropping later. That's a, that's a useful thing. Okay. Um, if your camera does not have a dedicated ISO button, that could be something you want to customize to. Yeah. At least for me, that's something I like being able to get to quickly. So in cameras that don't have it, I'll set something up. Um, what about another the, that, that varies between brands and cameras is face detection. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a camera where you're just toggling face detection on and off, putting on it on a button can be very helpful. Yeah. It can also go in a different place with when the menus. We'll talk about that later. Right. Now, while we're still on the topic of buttons, I mean, I, again, a lot of this will depend on your camera, the style of shooting that you're doing. Like, I like the zoom a lot of times, but there's times where I want to switch it to crop mode just because the the subject may may necessitate that. So there are times when I'll go through and I'll I'll change things depending on my shoot. Um, but one other thing a lot of cameras will allow you to do is repurpose an otherwise dedicated button. Um, so that you don't have to use a certain button for its labeled function. Yeah, and for me, that one is typically the video recording button, usually Same. a red button, because I right. just don't shoot a whole lot of video at all. So that becomes like a free button to use unless you're shooting video mm -hmm. specific. And I think if you're in video record mode, it does operate in that mode. Uh, it, it won't, right. it, you won't disable it, but... But yeah, I mean, um, a couple of things that we've done. Um, I've one once upon a time I used it to change metering modes with a dial turn because that was how my DSLRs were configured. Mm -hmm. I don't do that as much anymore, just because the way I I shoot uh, metering modes don't matter as much to me anymore with mirrorless. Right. Um, but uh, you you had it set, I think, to um, toggle off the overlay display which is something you can do on the newer Z672s. Yeah, and with the earlier Z cameras, that's the button I had um, to go to a 1-1 one -one, um, magnification in the viewfinder because it was pretty handy. Mm -hmm. But they, they kind of tweaked things, and it didn't work as well for a reason that's too long yeah. to explain right now. Well, at the end of the day, configuring customizing buttons is for uh, functions and features that you want to be able to quickly access while shooting, usually with your eye to the viewfinder or otherwise. Uh, you just don't want to have to to wait. You want to just quickly toggle. Um, and so you can decide what those, what features are important to you. Look, look in your camera's menu to see what functions you can assign to those buttons. And that will also um, help as well um now then then you move into a, a, the next level of somewhat deeper uh a little bit deeper dive and that's quick access menus where you can press a single button and then you'll get a menu of options uh that you can then customize what's in there and and so these are things that you can toggle fairly quickly but you're still going to have to use a visual menu to access mm -hmm. um, so like that's the quick menu, I, I, like there's a Q button on Fuji's, the I menu on Nikon's, 
many cameras have this little button where it's you pull it Pretty up and all of them yeah and then and then you get a pop-up display and you can oftentimes if i would say most camera manufacturers would, will allow you to customize what's in there um mm -hmm. so so some of the things that that we have in there why don't we just kind of roll off stuff that we put in into that menu in our cameras sure. so white balance is a potentially good candidate Mm -hmm. If you don't have that set up on a dedicated function button, um, turning on and off image stabilization, that's mm -hmm. really useful. You know, especially if you end up on a tripod. I, even with things that claim to do well on tripods, I've often found some issues occasionally. Yeah. Um, turning on and off the silent shutter, you know, or electronic shutter mode. Mm -hmm. That's one that, I use fairly often, so it's nice to have that on uh, an iMenu or the My Menu thing that we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, exposure delay modes. Yeah, I have that one in mind for sure because mm -hmm. that's that's one that I like to toggle. You know, one two seconds if I'm doing landscapes and I really want to have that that exposure delay, so I don't have to worry about using a, a cable release as often. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's something you want to be handy. And, and these are items that will be often buried in a menu and you can never remember where to find them. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, like and, exposure and, delay mode is in there somewhere, but I can't remember where to find it. And one thing that's nice is the, the iMenu or quick menus or those kinds of things are usually um, easy enough to get to that you can bring them up in the electronic viewfinder while shooting. Right. And it's not too hard to use. It's not as rapid as a, a button, but it's it's pretty quick. Yeah, it's, and you combine it, that with the joystick and you're you're good to go yeah, or yeah. or the touch screen. Um that's uh other things that I have in mind sometimes uh I've got like uh uh things like um I've got um multiple exposure, auto bracketing, viewfinder brightness, um frame rate although there is a dedicated frame rate button on the back of the camera i sometimes will have that in there too metering mode is in here that's by default by nikon mm -hmm. so again these are these are things that you want to be able to access relatively quickly but you might not need to change them on the fly like really fast mm -hmm. um, but you want and to be able to pull get that into... matrix up and, and and see the the options yeah and then you get a into a category of um customizable menus um, in the camera, often called My Menu or something like that. Um, that mm -hmm. That's used by several brands. And this is intended for things that you want to get to easily and not have to hunt through all the detailed menus, but you're, you're less likely to need to do it at eye level or, you know, super quickly while shooting. And, and, and so... What I'd say, Rick, too, is all, and these tend to be things that you might not access all the time, but in those times when you want to find it, you don't want to have to dig through something. Yeah. Now, you know, a, a brand and camera difference here is how many items you can have in this My Menu category. Mm -hmm. Some, like Nikons and Canons, will give you a lot of slots. There's some where you might only have, you know, six or seven items total that you could put on there which is a bit restrictive and you really have to think about mm -hmm. what you're going to put on there in those cases um, but i think at this point any new camera that's being made has this function you know some brands came along a little bit later but they all 
eventually incorporated it. And, you know, a, a common one I like to have, if I can, is the, the format command to yep. clear off a card. Now, not every brand will allow you to do that. And, and I think sometimes designers or whatever think that's just such a dangerous thing to have that they're reluctant to do it. I don't quite share that opinion, but right, you won't necessarily see that one. And it's important for me because, you know, the DSLRs and the Nikons had that two-button format option mm -hmm. where you could just press and hold two buttons on the camera body and it would format your memory card. And mirrorless don't have that. They don't seem to have that function that I've been able to find. So yeah. so having that format the card right there. has a close equivalent of it. But it, it is one that's kind of lacking these days for whatever reason. Um, battery info, if the battery percentage doesn't show up on your back display, mm -hmm. um, this is a handy one to have so that you don't have to rely on the the graphical right. display. Four and bars, out, three bars, or whatever yeah, it might be. Where you're really at. So I, I like having that one when I can't see it just at a glance. The time and date, you know, so that you can change that info when you change time zones or daylight saving time, you know, that's a, a really nice one to have. Mm -hmm. Plus times tend to drift, you know, unless you're syncing them up with an app or just changing right. them periodically. So that's super useful. How about some others you have? Yeah, I mean, then, then you get into the stuff that you might not use all the time, but you will occasionally use and you want to find it. So like this is where you might put multiple exposure. Uh, this is where I have the ability to turn on focus shift, so focus bracketing, focus you know, mm -hmm. focus stacking. Um, I still have to dig into the menu if you want to actually change. So, sometimes these commands will only allow you to toggle the, the, the feature on or off. It doesn't necessarily let you customize the settings. But, uh, you know, again, it, it, it allows you to find them more quickly. Uh, airplane mode. So if you want to put your camera in airplane mode so that it's not trying to connect to any sort of Bluetooth or, or, or Wi-Fi device, uh, save battery power sometimes, you can do that, you know. Uh, and the save battery power thing is a good one to mention because if you're not going to be using a camera for weeks, it's a smart idea to slip in, into airplane mode before you you leave it off by itself because you may be surprised at how much lower the battery mm -hmm. is when you come back to it otherwise. Because um, a lot of cameras, if you don't have them in airplane mode, they're still fully capable of being able to download photos, right. you know, via your phone app and all that kind of stuff. So they have to have at least some juice running. Correct. We'll do that. Um, yeah. Other things that I put in there too, sometimes like, um, you know, one that we both have in there probably, but don't use as much anymore, but long exposure noise reduction. If you've got a camera where you're doing a lot of long exposure shots and you maybe get a little bit more noise than you'd like and you want to have that feature, who wants to dig that? I don't know where to find that. I just want to be able to turn right. it on. But that's not something I turn on very frequently. So I know it's in there. If I need it, I can turn it on. Uh, I can turn yeah. it off. Uh, you know, self-timer options. So I can go in there and go, oh, I want to set the timer to eight seconds instead of one or, or mm -hmm. whatever um, th thing again it's just lots of things that would probably be be you know stuff that you'd be digging through the menus and going where the heck do I find this like uh, um, 
you know, image review, turn it on or off. I mostly right. have it off, but if I want to turn it on, I don't remember where the heck to find that setting most of the time. So I've got it in and the And that is on my menu for all um, cameras that we have. You know, so changing the shutter type, turning my framing grid on or off, you know, if you want the the, the grid lines, uh, things like that, you know, getting into focus peaking settings, stuff that's there that I might sometimes use, but again, just most of the time it's fine the way it is. And those can be in that my menu because to get that, you have to go into a menu, but at least now you go into that one menu, you know where they are and you've got your list and you can reorder them a lot of times. So you can drag, you can change the order of the items in the list to prioritize. Like my format memory card is the top option. Mm -hmm. I go on a trip somewhere or start somewhere. I'm going to get all my cards format. I go in there. There it is. Format memory card. <laughs> I just and go that's the it. same position it is in my menus too. You know, so it's easy. Um, then. Lastly, uh, we'll wrap it up. There are some customizations that are not necessarily dedicated to buttons, but there's uh, ways to to use your camera differently or restrict options that might make operation more quickly. And we alluded to one of these last time, and that was restricting AF area patterns depending on um, your uh you know your so like some of these cameras now that you'll toggle through seven different af patterns single point dynamic small area large area large area with face large area with animals i mean like the nikon implementation has gotten Good kind Lord. of messy if you ask me yeah. um that's, that's kind of nuts um so you may find yourself saying i really am not going to use these ever or you know rarely and so if you go into your custom menus you know this is where you would go in your autofocus customization menu you can limit the selection you can say you know what i'm only going to use single point or dynamic and the rest i don't care so right. then you never have Doesn't to worry mean that you can't them. turn these those others on in the future right you can. you can enable them but i think most people have two or three patterns that they normally use and if yeah. that resembles you yeah, just restrict it down and make it super quick to switch between them. Yeah, it's it's one of these you will find over time what you use. So you might not know today, but you will start figuring out really quickly that I'm never yeah. going to use this this one mode. Um, what one else I like there? a lot mm -hmm. is we're using the rear dial on a camera. I can do exposure comp without pressing buttons. And on Nikons, it's called Easy Exposure Compensation. Um, with some Fujis, there's a way to do it so you don't have to press a exposure comp button. Um, like my the medium format Fuji I have is that way. And so I have it set up that way. So it works just like it does on my Nikons. Canons naturally work that way pretty much. So it's it's an easy thing using the big dial on the back. but I really like that feature, and I don't feel any security about having to press down a button while turning a dial. I hate that. <laughs> so I just like turning the dial. I don't have right. I've never had a mistake with it or a surprise. So, which is another customization actually that that many Nikon cameras offer, which is this thing called release button to use dial yeah i used to have that now that can be problematic if you forget you have to press the button again to, to turn that but that would be a case where you would press the exposure compensation button or a different button release it 
and then you can still turn the dial and that function is enabled. So you don't, you don't have to hold the button and turn the dial simultaneously. Right. Um, but in that and case, I like you that to one. turn it off too. They're, um, it's more pertinent to Nikons. And I will say there's some that aren't well suited to that. Like the D750 I used to own was a little bit dangerous in that mode because mm -hmm. it was way too easy to hit buttons with your nose or whatever. Yeah. Um, while shooting. It was just kind of a classic for that. But with most of them, it works great. And and that is my preference. Um, other ones in there. Um, now, some of these things that you can do um, forever, uh, you can often customize the direction in which your command dials operate. So if you want to turn the dial. Yeah. Right. Or disable them. Um, you can reduce uh, back to the limitations of, you know, limiting things. Um, I mentioned changing crop modes. Uh, a lot of cameras have more than just two. You know, you have full frame. You might have DX or APS-C, but it might have five to four crops, 16 by nine crop. If you never use those, why have to toggle through them? So you can just choose the ones to enable only the ones you wish to toggle back and forth between, as well as viewfinder and monitor display. Uh, options. So like if you never want to use mono, you know, so like you can toggle between the, you know, auto toggle between viewfinder and, and LCD or LCD only or viewfinder only. You can restrict those operations too so that you find yourself toggling through fewer choices when you're using a button. Um, that's not something I've enabled, but it's there. So it's it's cool to know. Yeah, and I, I think that probably takes care of the list that both of us had. I, I think one interesting thing is independently, you know, when we were using the same camera, we ended up with remarkably similar settings. True. 90% you know, the same, I would say. Yeah, I so think I we feel pretty good about our way. list, but it's not perfect. So certainly if, if anyone has a feature on a specific camera, you know, a customization they think is just brilliant and has really saved them time we'd be interested in hearing about it just post right. it on our facebook page that would be a great idea facebook.com slash image doctors so share your customizations you know and and again we shoot you know outdoor landscape kind of travel mm -hmm. if you're shooting sports or action you might have a completely different yeah i would think you would so that's the whole point good. of customization it's to get exactly. the camera so that it really suits your shooting style and preferences. I agree. Well, another good uh, week for us, and um, we will be back soon. And um, stay tuned for us on our Facebook page. We will be announcing our annual holiday happy hour on, online. We don't have the date and time set exactly yet, but it will be coming up uh, before the end of the year, so you can join us live um, in, a, in a video conference. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm going to say one last thing. Okay. Which is most cameras these days will allow you to save configurations, whether it's saved to your card in your camera or um, out to your computer via some cable that you connect. Once you have your camera all dialed in, save the configuration. It's nice to not have to redo all the stuff that we just talked about if for mm -hmm. some reason you lose the configuration via a firmware upgrade or extended power um, outage or whatever. Sounds so like a good, don't good idea. 
Yep. Yeah. And you can save it to a card and save it to your computer. And then if you had to reset your com camera or something, mm -hmm. you could load them back in. So that's yep. always it's a wonderful thing. All right. Well, uh, until next time, we hope you've enjoyed our show and happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.